Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrismasshow.com, thechrismasshow.com. Hey, we're coming here with another great podcast. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. Be sure to give us a like, subscribe to us on uh, youtube.com, Chris Voss. Hit that bell notification so you can get all the notifications of all the cool things we're doing. If you're listening to the podcast on the audio version, which is broadcast to all of our iTunes, Google Play, Spotify Radio, all those different places, iHeart, um, you're listening to the audio version. But if you want to see the video version, you can go to YouTube. You can also uh, refer the show to your friends, neighbors, relatives. Uh, you can go to thecbpn.com, chrisvosspodcastnetwork.com, get people signed up. I want to thank uh, someone who uh, gave us a great referral on the show. I'm going to take and uh, pull that up and read that on the next show. So if you were that person, you'll get a shout out on the next show. I don't have it readily available here, but thank you. And if you like the show, please give it a recommend that helps us uh, get more distribution of the show more people like the show and everything else. We've got some great talent on the show where you've uh, got some great deals with a lot of bookmakers and authors that are sending us a ton of authors. We've got some more people from the MSNBC network coming up. Um, so watch for some great talent as well. We have all the best guests and today we have one of the best, Mr. Tim Hughes. I've known him for quite some time through social media. He's universally recognized as the world's leading pioneer and exponents of social selling and is currently ranked number one by Analytica as the most influential social selling person in the world. He is also the co-founder and CEO of DLA Ignite and co-founder of the, or I'm sorry, co-author of the best-selling books, Social Selling, Techniques to Influence Buyers and Changemakers, and Smarketing. How to Achieve Competitive Advantage Through Blended Sales and Marketing. Uh, how's it going, Tim? Welcome to the show. Hi, Chris. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, it's Awesome sauce. I've been here for ages. Yeah, we've, we've, we've kind of been these ships that are always crossing uh, each yeah. other in, uh, in, uh, in social media and the waters, but we never have sat down and had a pint together, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're now having a virtual. Party. Now we are in a virtual. Yeah. In the in the safe COVID environment. Yeah. Uh, hey, give us your plug so people can find you on the interwebs and look you up and get to know you better. Yes. Yeah, so I'm um, Timothy underscore Hughes on Twitter. Um, that's T I M O T H Y H U G H E S. Um, you should be able to find me on LinkedIn, which is Timothy or Tim Hughes. Um, and our email, sorry, our, our website is dlaignite.com. Um, and, um, the book social selling techniques to, um, influence buyers and change makers is available on Amazon worldwide. It's a book, um, a, um, a Kindle, it's a MP3, whatever you want, you can get it. Whatever you want, you can get it. It's the beauty of Amazon, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's also the beauty of COVID-19 right now. Uh, and... <laughs> But I'm sure your your book's a much better read than than COVID nineteen. You're coming to us from across what we like to call the pond, aren't you? Yeah, I'm I'm based in London. Yeah, there we're London. a global organization. We have um, uh, people, um, associates, and, and partners throughout the world. But yeah, I'm based in London. You know, it's a really interesting thing. A lot of people in America right now have no idea that they can't escape the island if they needed to. <laughs> like. Like no one wants us. We're the scourge of the world. What's that like on the on the other side of the uh, pond there, looking um, at us? What's it like? Um, 
it's it's interesting. Can I can I shall I give you the political correct answer that is interesting? Yeah, whatever. Sure, whatever. There's a certain do. perfect storm taking place. You know that that um uh, that seems to be happening. Yeah, yeah, with a slow moving car wreck. Uh, that uh, I don't know, but it, it's interesting. Like uh, so, a friend was saying to me, he goes, "What are you going to do if Donald Trump gets reelected again?" I'm like, "Well, I can't move to Canada." <laughs> <laughs> we're we're in our own little uh you know he wanted to build a wall and now we're you know we're all cut off from everything now everybody else is building a wall yeah like everybody else is like we're we're the scourge of the world at this point like there there's 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 places uh in that are uh probably not the greatest places to live in that maybe don't have running water and and food and they're like no you we really don't want you guys here like seriously Anyway, moving on, Timothy. But it's good. I'm glad you're staying healthy over there on the other side of the pond. Yeah, we've been in lockdown for three months now. So yeah. I actually went to a restaurant at the weekend. Yeah, with a yeah. social. We had a socially distanced um, um, bacon roll. There you go. Uh, yeah. I guess the queen's not out partying yet. Is that? No, she's um, she's at uh, Windsor Castle. She's um, she's she's, she, she's ninety and... something. So. <laughs> Yeah. Well, God save the queen. Absolutely. Uh, there we go. So uh, let's talk about you. Uh, give us a, before we get into your books and stuff, let's, let's get in uh, a kind of a story on uh, how you grew up and what got you here, what you, what helped uh, shape this man that became this uh, master marketing genius. So, so I'm, I'm a, I'm a salesperson um, and I've, I've worked in um, tech for, I'll say 20 years um, selling. Um, and then back in 2015, I was actually part, part of a, a, um, a sales reorganization. Um, so this is a classic situation where we were an on-premise organization and the competition moved to, to, to cloud, SaaS. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we had to completely re-engineer the sales team. And one of the things that we taught the salespeople was to, to sell on social. It was very rudimentary. Um, and you know the power of networks that um, once you start doing something on a network, things just seem to come to you. Yeah. Um, so, um, um, and that's what happened. I started um, doing things. In, in a way, sometimes people, I, I say to people, I wrote my LinkedIn profile a bit like if you were Tony Robbins or if Tony Robbins was telling you to, you know, you know how Tony Robbins tells you to do visualizations. Well, it was kind of like I decided to write my LinkedIn profile, how I wanted to be in three years' time. Oh, so I didn't wow. want to carry on selling SaaS systems. I actually wanted to get into social media. Um, and Matt Reynolds, who's my co-author on social selling, did I mention that, Matt? Um, basically, um, he, he came to me and we had a chat and I said, we need to write a book. And he said, well, I know some people are the publisher. Within three months, I got a book deal. I mean, it was just just amazing. Um, the book went bestseller in um, during... Um, the first three months before it was actually available. Uh, part of that was network, but part of that was interesting. And it's just sold then on, on and on and on and on. And, you know, even even this week, people have been posting pictures because I actually say in the book, if you're reading it, post the pictures yourself on social. And oh, people, serious? Even today are basically posting pictures of themselves saying, I've just read this book. And it's an amazing thing. So I'm able to connect to all of my, um, all of the readers or the ones that post the pictures. Um, and it's just been amazing. So, um, um, 
that, that so I left that large US software company um, about four years ago mm-hmm. and set up DLA Ignite. And that's what we do is we help transform organizations using social media. And, awesome. Um, and, um, uh, and, and it's amazing the way that we've got people to move away from using cold calling, um, emails and, and all of those, um, old fashioned things and actually use something modern and it's accelerated during COVID-19. Um, it's just amazing that, um, um, the way that life has changed, how everybody was suddenly sitting at home and, um, and we were all on social. I should look you up and see when I followed you on the LinkedIn. I, um, I just barely right before the show downloaded all my connections, uh, max out at 30,000. <clears> and it's, uh, it's become obvious to me that it's time we've been doing this thing on all my Twitter accounts where we've been cleaning all the deadwood. Okay. So we've been going through eight of my major Twitter accounts and cleaning out anybody who's number one, not following me back. And also just, anything that looks it's just dead. Like it's amazing how much dead wood is over there. You know, stuff that hasn't uh, tweeted in like 5 million years and stuff. Like it's, I don't know why Twitter leaves the stuff on there sometimes. And uh, so now I'm starting that process on LinkedIn and you can download all your connections into a spreadsheet. And it literally shows me all the way back to the very first person I connected with on LinkedIn. Is that crazy or what? It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been on LinkedIn for years. I mean, the thing is, is that we think that social media has changed the world. Um, it's changed society. Um, you know, was it just two weeks ago, we were all talking about the fact that Adidas had retweet, retweeted Nike and, and, and certainly the news programs in the UK are about who's tweeted this and who's tweeted that, um, usually because they're of a very senior position within the US. Um, and, um, uh, and it's also changed business. I mean, we've met through social, um, and I think the buying, and as far as as we're concerned, the buying process has changed. Um, you know, social is, if, if, if you're looking to buy something, you'll go online and and check it out. I mean, you're a classic example of, um, you know, we'll, we'll look at, we'll look at, you know, if I say to you, you'll hate me for this because I've got an iPhone. So if I say to you, an iPhone is the best phone in the world, you'll say, no, it's not. Uh, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, but the it's thing a is, is that, and, and, and anybody else, if, you know, if I, if I run an advert that says the iPhone is the best in the world, the first thing you'll do is go online and, and Google it. The mm-hmm. next thing you'll do is you'll go onto social and you'll start reading articles. The next thing you'll do is you go to influencers like you and say, so what do you think of the iPhone? And you'll say, shit. <laughs> and 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 so so what happens is that um so if i tell you that the the iphone is the best phone in the world within two days you'll come back and say these phones are actually better and they're cheaper and da, 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 da. and it's the same for any product you know if i tell you that the 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 bmw 4 series is the best car in the world you'll go on the line you'll 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 check it out you'll go onto social you'll ask your friends you'll talk to people like Chris Foss, and you'll come back and say, "Well, actually, I think these cars are better." So, mm-hmm. and that's that's the fundamental issue that's changed with with um, selling and marketing is that it doesn't matter how much I, as an organisation, will come and interrupt you with an advert, with cold calling, or an email. If I interrupt you and I broadcast my message, all you're going to do is go, "Well, that's interesting," and I'm going to go online online and check that out. It's also so, kind of so, go ahead. 
I was going to say, so, you know, I got a Facebook ad the other day. So I'm a big collector of um, physical music. I collect vinyl records and, um, and I got sent a, a Facebook message, um, Facebook ad saying, here's a, um, it's a, I'm a, I'm a big rock fan. So there's an ACDC box set of live ACDC concerts, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought, Oh, I quite fancy that. So it, it Facebook ad, I go, mm, okay, I wonder if I can get it cheaper. So I immediately go online and I can find it cheaper on Amazon. Wow. So, the, so I just, because us record collectors all stick together, I just put an, 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 a comment onto the ad saying, you do realize you can get it cheaper on Amazon. <laughs> so, so, so the, the so the, here, here we got people that are basically spending money on Facebook ads just for me to go and buy it from a competitor. And that is Funny. the way that's the conundrum that we live in right now. The fact that the buyer has this power and we are able to go online and buy stuff. And the more that we use advertising, cold calling, email, the more that we're driving people to our competitors. The great democratization of data and information. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and we can go, we can talk to anybody. It's the same as you. you, you know, you come to me and we're having this chat and we can talk to anybody who we want on, you know, there is a situation we've never had this in the world before where we have the president of the United States talking to everybody, not through the news media. Yeah. 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 So he's completely bypassed the news media to talk to people. Now you can actually talk to him back. <laughs> so and never, never have we been in this. Never have we been in a situation where we have been able to do that because normally you'd need to go through your what was it you, uh, your you know you you'd need to go probably through the party. Yeah, you'd like send an email. So you send a piece you'd, of me. You've never been to do that. The same. Yeah. The same with. I was just looking on Twitter today, and and there's one of our um, politicians have made an announcement, and everyone's going on there saying well, that's not new or blah, 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 blah. the thing is, is it, is this democratization that we've been able to, the hierarchies have, have gone and we can talk to whoever we want. And that's a massive change in the way that society works, both from the way that we're able to work in society and business. Yep. I think it's, it's been an interesting ride seeing it come up and then, and then uh, seeing some of the other elements of the dark side, uh, you and I both came up at the same time where we were all like, kumbaya, and social media is going to change the world. And we saw Arab Spring overthrowing evil governments, and then evil governments going, hmm, so if this could overthrow us, what can we use it for? And then it became the opposite where, um, you know, we've, we've lost a lot of our privacy, um, uh, you know, giving up a lot of our values and rights. Um, it's evil governments have used it to be oppressive as opposed to, you know, the freedom of information and, and everything else. So, so it's interesting, the journey that's gone on. And uh, I'm kind of curious on what the future is going to be. Uh, if it's going to open up to um, a better place, you know, where, where we put in rules and regulations more to regulate maybe Facebook and Twitter and other things. Um, but somehow in a way, keep them to where, uh, the beautiful parts of social media there without the dark parts being more regulated, you know? Um, well, I mean, if you take, if you take China, I mean, WeChat as a platform is way more advanced than uh, Facebook, mm-hmm. but you give up all your privacy. Yeah. You know, you, you, you know, they've got, um, you know, in China, we were doing some work in Singapore um, and we had a person who basically come back from China and they say, 
she said, I can't understand how you're all using credit cards because we all use our phones in China. <laughs> you know, credit cards are completely gone. Um, and, 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 you know, Uber is, is just a, a copy of, of WeChat functionality. You know, they've had mm-hmm. been able to um, hire um, taxis in WeChat for, for years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was told, being told that they've got some AI in, in WeChat which will actually predict and say, okay, this Friday you're going to be at, you're going to meet at this place with these friends. Do you want us to organize it for us? Now they know that because you, you, they know that you're at that place every Friday and they know that you're connected to those friends. Wow. Now, now that's that, that obviously you to, to have some people would say, Oh yeah, it'd be really great to, to have that organized for me, mm-hmm. but you obviously have to give up an awful lot of your um, privacy to allow that to happen. And and in in China now they have that social scoring thing where with the AI they know everything about you what you're buying what you're selling uh, you you get a social score which depends on depend upon you know what your score is you can either travel or you can't if you're uh, I guess a subversive type of person in their minds they put you on lockdown and uh, make it hard for you to travel and everything else. It's uh, it's kind of interesting, and of course, there's the things that they're doing with the Uyghurs, uh, where they're pretty much doing internment camps and uh, slave labor and a bunch of other dirty, ugly stuff um, that's going on over there. Um, so, and, and I don't want to be pro Chinese or anything, but that that I interviewed, I run a podcast, and I interviewed someone who's written a book about China, and they, you know, in terms of you know their their um, you know, drones, you know, they're, they're the leaders in the world for drones. Obviously, one of the reasons why they use drones is for surveillance. Yeah. Um, uh, and um, I know that the Californian police bought them in the end after coughing a bit and not wanting to do that. But, <laughs> um, but um, you know, they're, they're, they've got, you know, certainly some of the innovation they've got there. You know, they've got, rather than you having to go out and get a Starbucks, um, they had the company that d- delivers them on an electric scooter. Mm-hmm. Um, until that company went bust because they had dodgy accounting. But um, Starbucks was um, uh, started copying that. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty so interesting. It, yeah, and, but but the thing, one of the things that's interesting is the um, the development recently of the um, the people using social against people that are using social. Mm-hmm. So the um, that recent um, Trump. Um, um, so he had that big, big meeting where he said he had got a million people. Yeah, and actually, um, he probably did have a million people, but there were a number of them were fake. Yeah, because people on TikTok were basically applying to do it, and they were just doing it for a laugh. Yeah, the um, the manipulation is kind of interesting. In fact, it's widely assumed that about eighty percent of his followers on Twitter are fake, and they're just bots. And most likely bots from other countries. Well, they they try to smash those out a lot, um, but uh, I think they just haven't taken away from him because, you know, I don't know. He get he get angry over the years on Twitter. I've lost followers. Uh, I remember in two thousand, I think it was two thousand twelve or two thousand eleven. They were really getting attacked by Russian hackers creating bot fake accounts. And one day, Twitter announced they were going after him, and I lost like. 18,000 followers like overnight they you know they announced it Lost five thousand. Yeah. i was like holy crap i didn't know i was that popular with the russians <laughs> well i i just i lost five thousand, but you know it, it kind of what didn't matter but if yeah. if other people were going to lose 
if if Kim Kardashian was going to lose two million or something, let me pick someone that's not political. Yeah. Um, then then obviously they would have a, um, a uh, would be concerned about it. But you've got to remember that fifty five percent of the, this is Twitter's vicars. Fifty five percent of people on on Twitter don't tweet. Yeah, they use it as a way of of getting information. Yeah. Even even like most people are lurkers on Facebook. Like I'll have yeah. people, I had somebody, I, I was doing the happy birthday thing where I say happy birthday, everybody, you know, you go through the daily birthdays and uh, I had somebody that I, I didn't recognize. I haven't seen ever on my streams, ever liking, ever commenting. She's like, I like every one of your posts. They're so awesome. And I'm like, man, you really are a deep, dark lurker. <laughs> well, I, I've had people that have come to me saying, you know, um, I read all your posts and I go, have you? But, 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 and, 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 and you've got to reckon, you've got to recognize that 80, 90% of people probably are lurkers yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, you know, lurkers are great. Um, and I don't mind people coming to me saying that I read all your stuff. I, I like it because um, it's part of the, the magic of networks yeah. and it, and it, and it can be like witchcraft sometimes the, the way that, the, the, the networks are, are, are powerful and um, can bring stuff to you. Yeah. It's also interesting too, because sometimes I, I get discouraged because I'm like, I don't think anybody really gives a damn what I think anymore. <laughs> and, I'm, and when I bump into a lurker, I'm like, well, would you tell me? Cause you, you know, I'm like a comedian or a, a, an actor where the juice for me is when making people laugh or getting attention. And so if I don't get attention, I don't think it's working and then I get frustrated and then I don't do stupid shit to get attention anymore. <laughs> I, I did a I did an interview with a um a uh, um behavioral psychologist last week. Mm-hmm. He also is a stand-up comic. Um and he's doing stand-up at the moment on Zoom. Oh wow. Uh, and you can't see the audience because the uh-huh. people don't like to put the videos on. Yeah. So he said, you get no feedback. So he said, what you're supposed to do is in the chat, you're supposed to put ha, 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 ha. Oh. But if you're laughing, obviously you, you can't actually get your fingers to do the, the, the ha, 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 It's going to be hard because you're trying to read the chat. You're trying to remember your, your bit. and uh... Yeah, yeah, but, but it, yeah, I mean, we have to kind of get used to that. But lurkers are fantastic. I, you know, there's nothing wrong with a, with um, – I'm getting feedback. is great. It is, I mean, huh. I'm, I'm so pleased I put in the book – um that people to post things post pictures about it because it mean, means that i've been able to connect with the, the the readers um and um you know i've actually got you know they've turned into friends it's it is interesting to me just like our conversation we're having is we've been we've been just kind of rotating through each other's universe and i'm like yeah i, yeah, I mean after a while I, i'm a real face guy and so I recognize a lot of pictures. And so I, I see, I'll see the same avatars, the same faces, and I'll be like, I know that guy. He's been around for a long time, but I've never really talked to him, never really sat down with him. And thank God my podcast allows me to have some fun with that where I can get to know people. And it, it kind of helps me discover people where, you know, you're rotating in these, in these sort of uh, uh, like solar system sort of things. And then suddenly the planets come close together and you're like, hey, and then you find somebody and you're like, wow, why didn't I get to know you better sooner? Um, and it's just one of those things with the economy of what people's time and lives are, but, uh, it's just interesting, the serendipity of, of the whole nature of it. Um, I've been lucky enough where, you know, I've done a lot of videos on YouTube now and the videos are over 12 years old and there are still people watching 12 year old videos. Like I'll get, 
I'll get the emails from YouTube and somebody's commenting on stuff. The worst ones because I've done reviews are the ones where somebody's going like, how come this doesn't work anymore? I can't get it to work. And you're, you'll like, look at the date stamp. You're like, cause that's an electronic product with a battery from 2001. You fool. That thing's done. Like, give it up. <laughs> I'll get, oh, I get I, I've been, I've been blogging and writing for, um, five, six years. And I get people coming to me, you know, from blogs that have written five, six years ago yeah. saying, wow, that's really amazing. And I'm going like, well, <laughs> it is still current because social is still important, but you know, I do think, well, I wrote that six years ago. It's a bit like, um, I guess if, if you were a musician, I'm not, but if you were a musician and you know, it's like, you know, I think you, your first album is really great. It's like, well, yeah, but I'm on the sixth album now, and that's really, you know, that's what I'm into. You know, <laughs> really the first album we kind of wrote when we were students, but you know, it's like, but so, but it's it's great getting feedback and great, but getting people contacting me and and saying, and it's, it's, I it's heard cool. you on the Chris Ross podcast. It's cool to have a body of work, um, where it stretches back that far, and like people have seen it. Like we just recently passed 500 episodes in the Chris Voss show. Wow! I think there's we're closing in on like 4,000 videos on YouTube, and I think there's like 60 million views over there, which is astounding that anyone would want to watch anything I do 60 million times. <laughs> um. But you look at the body of work and, and how it's consumed and it's still being consumed. Uh, you know, I'm still being paid for all that old crap by YouTube. Like I've told my, I've told my family, if I die, make sure you get in the YouTube checking account and keep collecting those checks. Cause as long as that media is up, it just keeps paying. It's just, it's, it's, it's really weird to look at the backside of it and go, wow, I didn't, maybe I should have done more when I was uh, starting out and doing this stuff because I didn't realize the longevity of it all. I mean, I kind of did, but I didn't, I didn't really think it would still be like a thing after 10 years. I thought there'd be something new. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, 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 it's strange. I mean, I, I've only done like a hundred, um, 120 interviews, um, but there's a number of things about a podcast. One is you actually get to meet the person. Mm -hmm. And I think there's really great actually talking to somebody and spending time with them. And I recommend anybody to start a podcast. Okay, not just everybody, but <laughs> some people should do a podcast. I think um, everyone has one at this point. Especially when you interview somebody and, and, and meet them. But that but that thing is about that that legacy of, of your work. Um we, you know, we quite often say to people, we, we you know, we, we teach people how to blog um and get salespeople to actually create content. And and you and there are always a thousand reasons and excuses, you know, I can't write. No one will want to listen to what I've got to say. Um, um, I can't spell and all of those things. Um, and we all go, we all go through those things, but actually people do want to hear what you say. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, um, you know, we're a great example. I'm going to say both of us, you know, we've got no talent, but people, <laughs> but people want to hear what we've got to say. Um, uh, and, you know, and, and it's true. And anything that you post on social, I'm talking about, you know, people that might be watching this and you post about yourself, you'll get far more um, engagement about posting about yourself than posting about what your company is telling you to post. It's interesting um, too, where people have that identification um, where uh, we all kind of have the same challenges in life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So we, one of our clients, their sales guy, post, he wrote an article about, 
um, with the lockdown, he got an extra 90 minutes a day because he had a commute into London, which is 45 minutes each way. So he was able to spend more time with his children. Mm -hmm. And it just blew up. I mean, it was one of those things. Everyone would go, oh, yeah, yeah, I really, yeah, yeah, Duncan, you know, I think that's really great. And it's the same with me. And, you know, I feel really, really concerned about the situation, but it does mean I'm able to spend more time with my family. And and it's like he just couldn't believe how how much engagement he got. And, of course, because he's got all that engagement, it gives him an opportunity to say, um, uh, for the people that he's already connected to, he, he's able to say, I hope you like my blog. Why don't we just get on a call and have a chat? Yeah. And they go, oh, yeah, okay, that's a good idea. And for the people he wasn't connected to, um, he was able to go, thanks for that. Thanks for the liking my blog. Can we connect? So he's then got them as a, as, and they're just growing his network. It's a great opportunity just to, to connect with people. Yeah, the, people the... buy people. What was interesting to me was I used to do, you know, a lot of the PR posts, uh, keep, you know, a lot of my stuff private off of line. I wasn't hiding anything. It's not like I'm uh, putting bodies in the basement or anything. I mean, I am, but, you know, I'm not going to tell anybody that. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I, I always kind of live my life kind of as a PR basis. And then I started to have calamities that would befall me, like my dog passed away. Yeah. Um and, Your dog posts go ballistic. Yeah, and and I really was on the fence about talking about that. Uh, losing weight was another conundrum that I wasn't excited to share with people. Uh, and what happened was it it really it really opened other people up. Like when I shared my dog conversations with myself when my dog passed away. I, at first I was really reluctant to share it and then I shared it and went, okay, well, whatever. I'm just gonna, I, 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 you know, I have a wife or kids, so my family is online. So I shared it and I had people writing me crying going, I had no idea what yeah. you wrote was beautiful. And I had no idea that I hadn't gotten closure with my father, mother, dog. I mean, it turned into this thing and, and, I realized that the human experience, the human, um, the human um, thing that we go through is life. We're all kind of going through some of the same sort of experiences, or have gone through the same sort of experiences. And being able to talk about that and and uh, and stew in it, and share those experiences, and lift each other up, and help each other with life lessons. I mean. That's really what we do with the stories that we make, uh, the stories that we tell, the movies and everything that we do. We're all trying to use these as lessons to go through life. And so then I just I just pretty much threw out all the, um, what would you call it, all the uh, authenticity. I thought I'd always been a authentic, uh, authentic, but I hadn't always shared everything. And um, then I threw away everything and said, if I want to talk about something, I'll talk about something. It's always been interesting how it brings out other people and their pain, their struggles. And we end up uh, hopefully lifting all boats together. Yeah. I, I remember when your, your dog died. Mm. Um, and um, I remember, you know, you writing a post about, and, and you were posting pictures of it, it had cancer, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, it would bring a tear to your eye. Yeah. Um, and then I remember that you posting a picture of getting a new puppy and it was just a uh, mm-hmm. wonderful thing. Yeah. And here I am sitting in London um, watching that and seeing that going on. And, and, you know, I've, you know, I've had pets all my life and, you know, you, there's one thing that you know about the pet is that you're probably, you see the pet, you're probably going to see the pet die before you. Yeah. 
Um, and that's something you have to live with. You know, my, um, um, I've had a cat recently that, and I'm still don't think I'm over it. And it's 18 months. Oh, wow. and it wasn't even my cat. It was my partner's cat. Oh, wow. Uh, and, um, but the thing is, is that you recognize that. Um, and, you know, seeing that, you know, I, I remember, I remember you, you had a problem with your neighbor because um, uh, your dog was, and they thought you were basically mistreating your dog. But because oh, the dog was that's dying. right. She died. They walked uh, through the I, back and they saw the cancer on the back end of the dog. Yeah, the dog. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, um, and it's like, you see, see, I'm, I'm remembering the, the stuff. Yeah, well, wow. um, and it was it was a real, and then I remember you getting the the puppy, and it was like, oh yeah, great, he's got a puppy, that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and um, I mean, you're, the dogs that you've chosen to have are not exactly um, <laughs> ones you put in your handbag, are they? So, um, um, you know, so so what you 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 know the responsibility, mm. uh, but but yes, it's, and, and people don't realise that actually that's what people want. Yeah, they don't want. They, you know, everybody um, markets as buy my product because it's great. Mm-hmm. And because everybody does that, no one's interested. Yeah. But if a salespeople or, or, you know, say, yeah, I actually have a dog. This is my dog. You know, it's, um, it's, it's old. It's, you know, we don't take it for a walk anymore. It goes for a drag or whatever it is. <laughs> and actually talk about it. That's what people are interested in. It's it, and a lot more people are doing that. They're using, they're not selling directly as much. Well, I, I don't know if a lot, I don't know how many people are using it. I'm seeing stuff like on TikTok or Instagram where instead of just showing the product and they're like, buy X, Y, Z, they're, they're doing videos showing uh, the use of the product and, and yeah. how, and how to, how to utilize it. Like I know on TikTok, there's one guys and they have like uh, some sort of food seasoning, you know, like a dash, you know, like uh it's just some sort of food season you sprinkle on your steaks and your meats and stuff. And it's pretty unspectacular when you think about it. It's just like, here's some seasoning and uh, there's 50 million other seasonings yeah. like it in the world. Uh, why should you buy this one? I don't know. Just click it and buy it. But on TikTok, they sell the sizzle. They should, they show the usage of it. And the guy gets on there and he's got these big giant, pieces of meat and he's like you shake all the seasoning on it he shows how you cook it and the taste and you get done watching you're like hey i gotta order some of that right yeah absolutely yeah uh and so it's it's really cool uh how those sort of changes are making where you're seeing the more experiential ends of products and everything else yeah i think that the the you know the uh the classic way of of marketing is over Mm-hmm. Where you just everybody just says blandly buy my stuff because it's brilliant. I mean, you, of course, no one ever says buy my product because it's shit. So everybody <laughs> has to say buy my product because it's good. But everybody says it. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, is that you know, quite often we're actually not sophisticated to know the difference. I mean, I don't know the difference of different different types of seasoning. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, I, and I'm not going to be bothered to go out and, and investigate. And if this guy's saying this looks good, we go well, I'll give it a pump. Yeah. Why not? And you, you see it in use, you see how it tastes, you see people's reaction. I bought some and it's great. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, God, you remember the old days when you would go to like events and conventions and ever go to cooking one and there's that cooking booth and the guy's got the knives and he's yeah. like, you know, <laughs> he's selling it. You can see selling the set of knives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you see him, you know, he's doing all the magic and you're like, ah, oh, I want to take that. I was like, I can do that too. It's interesting how 
how this social media world works. So you talk about this in both your books, in marketing and in the first one? Yes. Yeah, so in, in, in social selling techniques to influence buyers and change makers, um, that book is actually written uh, to enable salespeople to social sell. So it's not about me and my journey or shit like that. It's, it's, um, it's all about, and it's not about how to use LinkedIn. It's about how to use social. Um, and, and it's actually written as a, a, a framework. So it's a book that I actually tell people to get the book rather than the Kindle because I've actually got people that have highlighted stuff and read it three times and got post-it notes through it. Wow. Um, and, um, and smarketing is, is just is slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um, so smarketing is actually how to bring a sales and marketing organization together to, to work together. Cause, um, I've worked in organizations where they generally throw stones at each other through email, um, and won't talk to each other and stuff like that. And, um, and we actually, uh, used a case study, um, of, of, of an organization that brought their sales and marketing together. So it's really for senior leaders, either senior marketing leaders or senior sales leaders um, that think they need to be um, work closer. And we think that in a, in a social world, you need to be, there's certain things that marketing need to be doing certain sales things and sales need to be doing certain marketing things. Um, and certainly when, when I've worked in organizations where we actually got the truces and the, the white flags and actually got people in the same meeting rooms and talking the same language about what a lead is, for example, um, um, that, that seemed to work better. Um, it's, this- it's interesting to me how uh, things are evolving. I've seen yes. uh, move away from influencers uh, a little bit. Um, and it seems to have gone back to some organizations I've seen just going back to just selling, like just like, we're just going to straight sell. What are, you, what are you seeing on your end of the world or what are you seeing in marketing online? Um, I think w- w- so. So influencer marketing is becoming, I think in a business to consumer environment, we're not seeing so many influences because a lot of it is just adverts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Kim Kardashian wears a, a, a dress to a, um, a fashion thing. It's an advert really. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're seeing it certainly more in business to business. So we're seeing people like SAP, HP, people like that. Uh, um, Adobe are using influencers. I mean, Adobe have got some results about they, they, they've invited influencers to one of their conferences and they got far more impressions than they could have done by buying adverts. Yeah. Um, and But the, the difficulty is that brands still think that they own, that the, the, the people are interested in the brand. And the fact is the matter is people are not. They're interested in the, in the um the influencer. Yeah. So, you know, if, if, if Chris Ross demonstrates the new Samsung phone, people are interested in the Samsung phone, but they're actually more interested in Chris Ross. Yeah. And, uh, and the, maybe the experience, would you say more the experience or, or, um, I don't know. I get, I get these people on YouTube every now and then they'll be like, your, your review of, and usually it's cause I've reviewed something poorly. Like you'll be like, you review those headphones and those headphones, uh, your review sucks. And I own these headphones and they're the greatest headphones ever. And I'll be like, well, that's cool, man. But you know, I've reviewed like 200 headphones and I have like a, yeah, there's a whole pile to the right of me of headphones that are reference <laughs> headphones that we keep for, you know, the comparison testing references. Um, so I'm like, you know, you can say my review is shit, but you know, I mean, <laughs> 
it's interesting to me. Uh, and, and, and a review is an opinion anyway. It's just, yeah, it is. This is Chris Ross's opinion. Yeah. And if you don't like Chris Ross's opinion, well, fine. Well, you know. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, so we're, so I think, so, so influencer marketing is changing. Um, but I think people are having difficulty currently in during COVID-19 because of the fact that, um, you know, everybody has moved online. Yeah. Um, I tell the story about my, um, my 82 year old mother, um, who was told she could, she runs a, a wine group. Mm-hmm. So they 10, 82 year old people get together in a room and drink wine. Someone gives a presentation and then they all drink it. Um, and they were told she was told, well, you can't run that on zoom. Um, and I said, of course you can. And I said, you'll get, you'll get one of the people to deliver the bottles. So that's what they've done. So she, she runs a wine group oh, and wow. they all sit on zoom and, and, a, and a man drives around, I don't know, he's probably got like a, <laughs> like a TR six or something. He drives around and he drops the bottles on the doorsteps uh-huh. and they, and they drink the wine and, and like, you know, church is online, scouts is online. My mom's wine groups online. We're all used to being online. Yeah. Um, why do we need to do anything else? What do you think is going to happen after all this? Because I believe that people are going to be so used to living the way that, let's say, you and I are used to being living. I've been yeah. working from home since two thousand four. Yeah, um, they're going to they're going to get used to this, and maybe they won't be as outgoing and, and out social. What do you think? Um, it was an interesting reaction today. I got I I was on a call today, internal call, um, and a couple of people said, "You went for a meal." So how did you do that? Well, I just went out and had a meal. <laughs> You'll be dead into it. Was the, was the answer. Um, and but that was the that was the that that was from intelligent people wow. giving their advice. So people are scared about going out. Yeah. Um, what what do you think, think when I'm, it? What do you think? I mean, I'm assuming that we get a a uh, some sort of you know uh, some sort of inoculation to this. Um, uh, you know, keep fingers crossed, or maybe we just all become herd immunity after several years to this thing. Um, do you think people go back to being the full thing or will they stay in? Uh, like maybe I don't want to go to the soccer game or the football game in your country. Uh, I'll just stay home watching on zoom or the telly. I think it will. I think some people will go because um, yeah. they like the social aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people will, make a choice to, to, to stay in. Yeah. Um, and, um, and they won't go out because everything you want is, is online. As long as you've got a, an iPad and a, um, and an internet connection, what else do you need? Yeah. You know, you've got, you can get your food delivered. You can get, um, you can meet your friends and, um, um, I've got my parents 60th, um, wedding anniversary this Thursday. Oh, wow. Um, and it's going to be socially distanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father's in a home, so he's got dementia, so he's not going to really w- know no, what's going on anyway. Uh, but, um, um, you know, it, it's just impacted society so much. Yeah. You know, if we'd all said, let's have a Zoom weekend, everyone would have said, no, no, I can't be bothered. I won't bother taking part. Yeah. Um, but now that we've had like a Zoom three months, I think everybody will. There's a lot of people that won't want to go into. I, I can't see myself going into London for meetings this year. Yeah. Traveling, speaking, doing gigs, events. I know CES is going to be, have a big show uh, in January. Um, okay. And it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, 
I think that's going to be the first real big event that will challenge status quo and on where we're at right now. And hopefully by then, fingers crossed, we'll have some inoculation or some sort of vaccine or uh, just better ways to to prevent the spread of the disease so that we can have a healthy thing. But I'm sure it won't be the size of show that it's ever been in the last, I don't know, it got pretty small during the last recession that we had. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how it goes through the rest of it. Yeah, I think that I think the two things we need is the is the inoculation or the herd immunity, mm. um, and until we get those, I I think certainly in in the UK we've all been pretty much scared. To the government did a really good job at scaring us to stay inside, yeah, uh, and I can't really see us changing that. It was kind of interesting. Your leader picked up uh, Johnson, picked up uh, COVID nineteen. That was kind of looking dicey. Yeah, yeah that was scary. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of we kind of look at our leaders and go, maybe you guys need some of that to get some more empathy. <laughs> yeah, well, they, 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 there was actually a situation where the whole of the pretty much the um, the whole of the top table got it. Really? At the same time. I think I remember uh, that. Yeah. And the, and what happened was, well, it was kind of kept kind of kept quiet. So they got this one person who was going to be the. Um, he was a, he's not the deputy leader, but they'd said, you're the nominated leader if something goes uh, bad. I was going to say f- wrong phrase then, but uh, if it goes bad, and they actually had to put him in. Wow. Um, and and um, Boris was out for was it two, three weeks. Yeah. And then I he, mean, they, uh, put, they put him on oxygen. Yeah, he was on oxygen. It was uh, getting he was a little weird. When I heard that, I was like, uh, that ain't good. I mean, I thought he was out. I thought, I thought, oh my God, you know, we've had Brexit. Um, we then we had a general election. Now we've got COVID nineteen, and now our leader's dead. Yeah. Um, what are we going to do? Yeah, and then you got Russians running around dropping radio isotopes in people's drinks. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Perfume. Was that what it was? It was perfume. Yeah, yeah. The, the second lot was in. It was in a perfume spray. Yeah. Holy crap. Wow, that's yeah. why I don't. And what happened was that they, when when the um, when the the people that did it left the scene, they put the perfume in the bin, it, just in a public bin. Wow. So these these two people who were basically, well, one was his girlfriend. We used to be homeless, so she was used. She went through the bin and found this perfume and went, "Oh, this is great! Spray, 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 spray." She was oh, dead um, uh, a couple of hours later, and he was like, and, and he's only just like recovered. Wow. Well, looks like the government's going after him. So, what's the future of social media and social media marketing in your mind? What do you what do you see happening in the next few years? Uh, maybe the effect of what COVID nineteen is doing. Do you see uh, more experiential marketing, more um, more of this type of marketing we've been talking about, or do you see cold ads coming back? What do you What do you see in the future? I think that over the last um, last three months, people have moved on social. Mm-hmm. They're used to it. It's a natural thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're used to using Zoom. We're used to working remotely. Um, and we're used to, um, uh, you know, if if, 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 if you were in a situation where you didn't use social before, mm-hmm. um, you do now. I mean, if you look at Simon Kemp's, um, I don't know if you look at, there's a guy in Singapore that comes up with these figures, Simon Kemp. You know, 300 million people joined social media last year. Mm-hmm. And I think that it will be interesting to see his new figures coming out because I think that will have accelerated. Yeah, definitely. 
You've seen um, more daily active users on Facebook, on Twitter. Yeah, so, yeah, so I think um, Twitter has seen usage go up by 50%. Um, um, uh, WhatsApp has seen um, usage go up by 50%. So we're getting, we're, we're used to that. And it's now, you know, if you want to buy something, we now we now search or, and we go online and, and we, we look people up. And that's kind of a, a natural thing, whether we're business to consumer or business to business. Mm-hmm. Um so we so even this is so this is pre-COVID. So in November last year, um, BMW, one of the dealers in the UK, um, they got twenty-eight pieces of inbound through LinkedIn. Um, now this is a business-to-consumer um, organisation, but it's still a BMW is still a considered purchase. Mm-hmm. So they got twenty-eight pieces of inbound. Um, of that, of those, fourteen converted to sales. Wow. If you take that 14 times, say, you know, a, a BMW is what, $50,000, um, 14 times 50,000, that's an, an additional $700,000 um, of revenue for zero marketing spend. Yeah. Um, and that same month, Jaguar Land Rover, one of their competitors, announced that they were um, cutting production because they weren't selling. Oh, wow. So what you're seeing is that this 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 loser winners and losers taking place in terms of people that are using social. I mean, you know, selling BMWs on on LinkedIn. You know, that's because people who buy BMWs are on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, so you know, but but using this is just an example of people that are able to use social in a way to connect with people, build relationships with people, and then buy stuff because you you know it's it's no like and trust. If you'll buy from people you know, from from people you know, like and trust. What was interesting to me was it really COVID nineteen really people that were staying in the brick and mortar space and they hadn't converted to online. They're like, we're making plenty of money with brick and mortar. We don't need a mailing list. We don't need to be online ads. We don't need to worry about you know what our Google search says about us. We're making so much money and. Then with uh, COVID nineteen, you know everything suddenly went online, and, and and it went down. And they were saying we're making loads of money. Now it's big fat zero. Yeah, and fortunately, the companies that were smart that had built mailing lists, that had built you know customer contacts, they could still reach out to the customers and say, "Hey, we're still open. Hey, we're still in business. Hey, here's some specials. Come see us and stuff." And you went to those businesses as opposed to a lot of the businesses that you weren't sure if they were still open. They're not, they're still not updating their Yelp or their, or their Google with their new hours. So you don't know if they're coming or going. Um, And uh, the other thing that happened is ads got a lot cheaper because there wasn't as much demand for ads. A lot of people quit buying ads on Facebook and everything because, you know, they just, pulled back the purse to see what was going to happen. And so the cost to advertise online, but, a lot of companies that hadn't invested in, you know, online conversion and been thinking they were safe from brick and mortar found that they were uh, upended. And it's mm-hmm. like, and then, and then now you got to try and scramble. It's like, Oh, we should have been collecting for the last 10 years, emails and phone numbers of, of our customers so that we could communicate with them and get them back into the stores. Once we reopen from COVID-19. I'm sure there's lots of um, web building companies that, um, were called up um, three days into lockdown from those retailers and and um, and, and have meetings. Um, we have a company in the UK, Primark, um, which sells. Um, in effect, you can get like a shirt for 
$10, $15. You don't need to wash it. You just throw it away. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and they have no online presence at all. And they went from last um, March, April, they made about um, $750 million. Oh, holy crap. And they went to zero, nothing. Because oh, they, wow. they had to shut all the shops. Wow. Um, they've, they've only just opened, um, obviously in a social distancing way. I don't know what their figures are going to be like, but um, um, there must be people that have been scrambling to do, to, to do stuff online. Uh, and the fact of the matter is that we... We now prefer it because we're used to it. Why would yeah. I? Why would I go outside and be coughed and sneezed on when yeah. I can sit and do it? And you want to know who's who's got good? Uh, you know, you want to know which companies are. One of the things I saw early on from the mailers I was getting and the ads I was seeing running is is like we have a safe environment here. No one touches your food. We're all wearing masks. You know, uh, I like going to stores that I know, like Home Depot here. They they have tape around the cashier and they're like, please don't get in this area. The cashier had masks early on at home Depot. And then I go to other stores and they didn't have masks. And I'm like, ah, okay. Wow. Okay. So we're rolling the dice with my life here. Um, and, uh, I prefer the stores that, you know, are following the rules where yeah. I don't have to, you know, they seem to be, you know, you see them cleaning stuff and you're like, okay, well people are, you know, they're aware of what's going on and you know you go in other play places they're just dice rolling in but um i think it, it definitely hopefully uh many of those businesses will survive but it will give them a shot across the bow that they need to get online they yes. need, to need to develop their mailing list and they need to deliver their marketing one of the problems i was having right before COVID 19 that was driving me crazy with events is i was contacting a lot of companies on their twitter and their facebook fan page accounts and over the last couple of years, it just seemed like they gave up on them. Like no one was monitoring them. No one was answering them. I've seen their Twitter accounts weren't being, you know, last time somebody checked in, it was like 2017. And there seemed to be this, I don't know, everyone was making so much money and the economy was going so good. People weren't worrying about these assets anymore. And now they got to worry about them because it's like, this is the way you communicate with people. I, I, I think you're, you're, well, you're, you're, you're a hundred percent. Um, I think there's a lot of people that went into social media um, and, and the view is still at, at, at a sea level is that social media is for kids. You know, it's for posting pictures of your lunch, lunch and cat photos. Um, and actually social media is a serious business now. You know, that's where everybody is. It's where your prospects and your clients are and you need to be there. Yeah. Um, otherwise you're invisible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, and I think a lot of people are, are suddenly realizing that. I mean, we've had a number of companies that rang us up and, you know, we've been talking to them for six months and there's always another priority. And then all of a sudden they ring us up and said, we, you know, like today's Monday, they said, we need you in on Friday. Well, why? Yeah. Cause what's changed? <laughs> Don't be so stupid. We know what's changed Get in here and sort us out. And, and, and we've had a lot of people that have said, you know, we need to go on social and be doing it and doing it quick. Um, otherwise we're not relevant anymore. Yeah. Um, we've also seen the buying process change in, in big companies because discretionary spend has been stopped. Yeah. Um, so there's a number of cases where um, you you understand the buying cycle, you talk to all the different people, you connect to them, um, and you're talking at VP or SVP level, and the whole deal then comes and it has to go up to the CEO. And the mm-hmm. CEO you don't have a relationship with, and they just cut it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, even now, there's more people that you've got to talk to 
um, more relationships you've got to build and you can't do that face to face and it's tough. Yeah. And, and, and people, you know, like you say, less discretionary income, people aren't as free with the cash as they used to be. Um, you know, uh, we used to do a lot of events. People used to throw a lot of stupid cash around and be like, you're really going to pay for that. (laughs) Um, and, uh, I'm sure things are going to be quite different now as people go back into it. So, um, uh, anything more we need to know about, uh, Timothy and some of your books and stuff, what you guys do online? No, just, um, social selling techniques to influence buyers and change makers, um, available on Amazon worldwide. Um, uh, 85, 85, um, five star reviews. Last time I looked. Nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, um, people love it. And, and if you, you want to know about the way that the world has changed, then, then it's a great book to read. And it's definitely important now because you need to have, get your business online so you can recommend Absolutely. that. And then there's marketing as well that people can check out. Yes. Um, but it's been wonderful to have you on Timothy. We need to have you on more and we need to chat about what's going on, especially, between our between our two countries, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, plus, I I need a friend to bunk with or, or, or couch get a couch crash with if if uh, we, we got a spare room, Chris. You know, when you're in London next, if certain things problem. happen in uh, November. I mean, you get the hell out of this country. <laughs> the the, the, uh, the only problem is it's got three flights of stairs, so uh, you know you get the exercise. Oh, there, well, there, there you go. Yeah. Well, I might not. I might have a no choice, and most likely I won't be able to fly, and I'll have to take a rowboat and row across and come under the... Uh, no, November's going to be interesting. I think I'm going to sit up and watch it. Uh, it, it will be interesting. I think the ride-up, too, it's going to be interesting as well. Well, yeah, Timothy, it's, be, it's been wonderful to get to know you better, have you Thanks, on the show please. and everything. Uh, I encourage my audience to go check out Timothy on. We'll have him on more often as, as the future of uh, social marketing develops and how this plays in with COVID-19. Uh, be sure to go to our uh, channels, the cvpn.com, Chris Voss Podcast Network, and youtube.com for just Chris Voss, and subscribe to the show there. Uh, be sure to give the show a recommendation if you're listening in. Uh, you can go to iTunes and go to the uh, recommendation section and give it five stars and tell people why you like it. Uh, you can also reach out to me, of course, at Twitter, uh, Chris Voss, and uh, Facebook and LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, give us any comments or whatever on the show. Look for some of the great gifts, great guests we'll continue to have on the Chris Voss show. Uh, so thanks, Monix, for tuning in. We'll see you next time.